Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisner Space Force. What are you talking about? You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Darth Vader is alive, well, and working in a hospital in Tennessee. It's true. It's true. And we're going to cover that story tonight on The Wretched Hive, episode 36, for Friday, May 12th. 2017 and happy belated may the fourth be with you and revenge of the fifth day to all of our fans and uh, to my co-hosts all right now hold up i want i want to i want to contest the revenge of the fifth Mm. as being really i mean here in the states we celebrate cinco de mayo right right anybody else and we all know. Yes, we celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Cinco. We all know that, and Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I in think they America, celebrate that in Mexico too, actually. It's just a drinking holiday, right? Huh. And <laughs> what happens after you drink? It's a it's a hangover. Right. So I want to contest. Revenge of the Fifth should be Revenge of the Sixth, saying that we've got Cinco de Mayo. Mm. And everybody's hungover the next day. And to me, really, I think six sounds more like cis than fifth. I don't know. Maybe well, I like the S sound better than the TH sound. Got it. Well, speaking for myself, I get drunk on Star Wars on May 4th. Oh, I am just out. jumping over all of you to celebrate May 14th because I want to be one with the fourth. <laughs> nice. I like that. Did you just come up with that? That's pretty good. Nope, I've been holding that one in, sir. Nice. I've been waiting for a gas station for a week with that one. Well done. Oh, Jesus. Let me introduce my uh, colleagues here. uh, Along for the ride, my Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. You know, considering I'm sitting um, here at the uh, fortified compound deep in the heart of Orange County um, with another member of the Hive tonight... um, and he's holding something in. I am really mm. now all of a sudden very afraid. Um, I, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be an interesting night. Oh, I think I'll be you gentle. Should, <laughs> you, sh- you should be thankful he's holding it in. I was gonna <laughs> say you should be. You should be grateful for that. It's not a bad thing. Thanks. Thanks for. Uh, thanks for having us, Steve. Listeners, thanks for joining us. Um, let's uh, let's get this party started. Also joining us, lifelong Star Wars fan Scotty Vansky. <laughs> thanks, Steve. Uh, well, I'm um, I'm going to give you an update. Uh, my condition has not changed. I am coming at you deaf and drunk, so I'm uh, hoping everything comes across just fine tonight. Let's just roll with it. I was going to say you're, you're, st- you're st- is that still a thing? That is still a thing. That is yes. I was going to say you're still an asshole, huh? 
Yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> that is that has never changed. Never changed. Uh, also joining the show tonight, very very pleased to have the captain of the Millennial Falcon, Nico Rodriguez. I am here. I don't know how I made it um, out of the snow from this weekend, but I did. And I am glad to uh, join you all tonight. Well, you suddenly sound like you're calling from Antarctica, so maybe you're still in the snow. Maybe I'm still in the snow. Who knows? And finally, we have sitting right next to me, Dave! Holy shit. Under... No circumstances. None whatsoever. Should you ever. Well, I can. And I mean... Ever! Only because you're special. Call him... Touch me. Harry... (laughs) Potter. Gets better every week. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everybody. We are 5 by 5 and... uh, I got. I got to. I'm sorry, Steve. I. I. I gotta. I gotta break in here. I got. I love doing this to you, but there was a very, very big nerd event that happened this past weekend, and I think we we do need to take a little time to talk about it amongst ourselves. Oh well, is, ha- well, happy birthday, Dave. That's great. That is, no, 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 not that nerd event. Different. Oh, one. oh, sorry. And that was the opening of the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and I believe almost all of the Hive have seen it at this point. Um. Uh, yes, for me. Yes, for me. me. Yep. Nico, have you seen it? Have I seen... Guardians. No. I was in the snow this weekend. I just fucking told you guys. Oh, get ready for some motherfucking spoilers! (laughs) Damn it. I'm going to spoil the shit out of this movie for you tonight. (laughs) Well, without spoilers then, because we're going to... You know how he gets, guys. We got to chill on the spoilers. Uh, Let's go overall impressions. Uh, Dave, what did you think? Uh, if the first movie was an A, a solid A, yeah. this movie for me was a B plus. I'm not one of the I'm not one of the haters, not one of the people who thinks it's it's completely inferior or it was an awful waste of time or, or, or effort or anything. I really really like this movie. I encourage people to go see this movie. Was it as good as the original? No, and I would say honestly, probably of course not because nine times out of ten, a sequel is not as good as the nine. original. Mm. You haven't even seen the movie. I don't know why you have an opinion on this. <laughs> no, I'm, that's uh, wow, I'm fucking nervous. <laughs> okay, cool. So Greg, uh, Greg posted a, a great story. Actually, there is a connection with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and The Empire Strikes Back. They have oh. a lot in common. Io Nine uh, reporting on this, but I don't know how far I can get into this, Greg. Um, if we're going spoiler free. Uh, Greg, what did you think of the movie? Did you think it holds up to uh, to the first? Uh, I'm I'm I, I like exactly how Dave put it. Actually, um, I felt exactly the same way. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, you know, when the first one came out, it was very unique and very fun. Um, really, just had a different feel and a different vibe to all of the other Marvel movies. They've they've all kind of fallen into this. Uh, you know, for rut, for lack of a better word, is they're all kind of the same. They all follow the same beats, and Guardians was kind of outside of the norm for that. Um, and it still is outside of the norm of the regular Marvel movie, so it's different from the others, but I think that I enjoyed 
the first one more, but I don't know that I could say I, I would definitely say this is one of the better Marvel movies to come out over the past five years. So Yeah. I agree. I, I really like this movie. I I think Dave's assessment is right on, I'd give it a B plus. Uh, whereas the first movie was an A, and maybe because it was so unexpected and wonderful and new, and I really was not familiar with the comics at all, so all of those characters were new to me, except maybe Star-Lord that I had seen. And uh, but uh, it, Wait, Star-Lord was the one that was familiar to you? Yeah. Yeah, that's odd. Star- <laughs> what, really? You, Scott. <laughs> now, Scott, now, Scott, why do you say that? Uh, Star-Lord wasn't introduced until way, way later in the Guardians of the Galaxy universe or, or mm-hmm. the comics. Um, the original Star-Lord character was Yondu, actually. Oh. Uh, hmm. And, uh, in fact, I think the next... Well, I don't think he was Star-Lord. I think Star-Lord, I think he was just the, the leader. But he was right. still Yondu, wasn't he? Right. He, he's still Yondu, but I'm saying he was kind of like the Star-Lord character that we know in the movies. Mm-hmm. He was the main guy from the group. Uh, early on, I, I'm going to say it started back in like 69, 70, around there. Yeah, the, the original Guardians. Yeah. Yeah, and Star-Lord, I think, launched in one of those black and white magazines, if I remember right, like little five-page stories written by, I think, Claremont. Yeah. And was sort of, sort of a Superman ripoff. Hmm. Nico, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. No, I was going to say, yeah, the Star-Lord, he was a, I mean... All of the Guardians of the Galaxies were all solo comics hmm. that were out in the like fifties and sixties, and it wasn't until the like eighties, seventies, eighties that they actually brought them together in reboots uh, hmm. for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Hmm. Wow! Fun fact: Rocket Raccoon was actually first dubbed Rocky Raccoon. Hmm. Wow. And of course, the Beatles. Sued, sued him. Oh, and they had to yeah, yeah. So, Rocky Raccoon came from the Beatles. But Paul McCartney. Well, the other way around. <laughs> hey, really, just really quick, Nico, you're really coming in sketchy. It, it's kind of breaking up. See, I don't know if you changed your settings or anything or did anything, but see if you can. You're you're really coming in like a tin can in a string kind of a situation. I'll check it out. Okay, well, so Scott, what was your overall impression of the film? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I hate I hate to just jump on the bandwagon on this, but I have to agree with you guys. Um, it doesn't make it less of a film that I didn't like it as much as the first one. I, I kind of had a feeling I wasn't going to enjoy it as much just because of how authentic and different the first Guardians was compared to all the other Marvel films. However, and, and I will say it is a lot like how I felt about the Avengers versus Avengers 2. The first one just blew me away. There was just something about seeing the entire team get assembled on screen. It, it kind of had that same like first time feeling, you know, that that whole thing. Um, and you know, for and I know Nico's on the call, but I, I have to say I was really shocked to see that they killed off Star Lord like they did. I didn't think that was going <laughs> to. Um, Damn. No. Um, I, I, honestly, <laughs> I, I liked where it was going. I felt that they did too much to splinter the group off and do certain things. And I'm not going to go into spoilers, but it just, it felt strained at times. And it was, it was tough. Now the, the sad thing is, is there's some of, some of the really cool storytelling stuff that happened in this one. So I think that's what kind of kept me interested all the way to the very end. 
So I've been trying to think of how I can talk about the things that I had problems with without being hugely spoilerific. So yeah. I, I think I have it here. So one, the soundtrack didn't work as well for me this time around. The soundtrack okay. felt a little little forced at times. Agreed. Uh, you mean the natural. volume two of awesome playlist wasn't as good as volume one? I, it was a little it was a little less awesome. Yeah. It was a little less awesome. And I am genuinely genuinely confused why Fox on the Run is in a trailer and wasn't anywhere in the damn movie. I, that just bugs me. And did the, I, same with uh, uh, the Bowie song. Wasn't Bowie, Suffragette City, used in one of the trailers? And I'd, I'd have to go back and check. Yeah, I'd have to check. Another thing that kind of bugged me was I felt like it, they they used a little too much humor in moments and scenes where they maybe should have just let the the underlying emotion breathe and be there without the need for you know a fart joke or something like that. Yeah, true. Maybe, maybe take that out a little bit. And the character of Mantis, whom I loved, I didn't understand what what the purpose of her being there was. Loved her, loved the character. She was hilarious, but I did the backstory made absolutely no sense to me. It just felt like Gunn was like, "Yeah, well, fuck it, we're shooting in a week. We'll just uh, we'll just pencil this in here and call it a day." So sorry, is Mantis the sister? No, no, okay. that's, no, that's Nebula. Nebula. That's Nebula, Nebula, Nebula. Okay, sorry. Nebula right. and the Gamora. This is the one with the little antennae off of the head. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Of course. So yeah. the actress that plays Nebula, fun fact, was Amy Pond on um, a couple of seasons of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Karen Gillan. Yep. Yeah. She and she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah she's great. Especially fantastic in this movie. Yeah, she was her her. I don't want to say the character was thin, but maybe sparsely used, and and it was nice that they fleshed out that character a little bit and gave her gave her a lot more screen time. Um, I like that actress a lot, and and we're all big Hoobians here at the house, and and we're excited that she was going to be in the movie. So I'm glad that they I'm glad to see her more of her in this movie. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I I, I actually enjoyed. Uh, the the character building between Nebula and um, Gamora, I think that was a really interesting thing. It also leads to a possible spoiler, and I won't say anything because uh, Nico's on here. Uh, but I think it's it's something that will take us farther down the road of uh, Phase Three of of the Marvel films. Also, I have to point this out. Still, hands down, I think the best Stanley cameo was Deadpool. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say absolutely one of the coolest Stan Lee cameos. If you know the Marvel Universe, you know who he is, or at least what they're hinting at. And uh, it just was fantastic to see that. Yeah, it was really cool. Totally agree. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, wait, are we? This is a Star Wars podcast, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah, Star Wars of the Guardians of the Galaxy Wars. I say we go and we jump right in to the Star Wars news. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars News with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Guys, lots to talk about this week. We're going to have to go rapid fire on some of these, but this one is kind of a fun one. I wanted to start off with this. Darth Vader is alive and well and working as a hospital tech in Tennessee. Huh? Yep, it's true. Forget about May the 4th and all the other Star Wars stuff. This is the most important story of the, of the week. CNN reporting Darth Vader is alive and well working as a hospital tech in Tennessee. This is CNN.com. You probably think Darth Vader died on the Death Star back in Return of the Jedi, but no. 
He's alive and well and living in Tennessee. Darth Vader Williamson, age 39, is a surgical technician at St. Francis Hospital Bartlett in suburban Memphis. And yes, that's his real name. His parents gave it to him at birth in 1978, less than a year after the original Star Wars came out. Quote, when I was born, my mother wanted me to be named Junior after my father. But my dad was a Star Wars buff, Williamson said. He was so enamored with the character Darth Vader that he was like, that would be one bad name for our son. So they gave him the name. Bad name, all right. <laughs> Darth. Bad is in good. And uh, that leads us to this, people. It's a little game we like to call Star Wars Choices. Think of a hard choice you'll face in the near future. It's true. Okay, would you rather be intimate with a Wookiee? Choose wisely. Or be intimate with Ula, but Jabba gets to watch? I just assume he's a Wookiee. Star Wars Choices on the Wretched Hive. You know, you won't hear this nonsense on any other podcast. This this is an exclusive from the Wretched Hive. And uh, tonight's Star Wars, or today's, depending on when you listen to the show, uh, Star Wars Choices is this. Remember, you must choose one. Once you make that choice, it is yours forever. You cannot go back on your choice. All right, so Star Wars choices. Would you rather? Fruit. Yes. Name. Frank. <laughs> name one of your children. Darth Vader. Uh-huh. Or. Or. Have your name. Be Darth Vader. Would you rather? I'm going to go first. Name one of your children Darth Vader or have your name be Darth Vader. Greg? Greg, you can't name me Darth Vader. No, I was going to say, say, having three children as it is right now, I do not want another child, so I will take my name being Darth Vader. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, Dave? I will... I will name my child Darth Vader. Mm. Okay. All right, you're because stuck. Because I know with that. I'm not really in charge of that, so it's a perfectly <laughs> safe answer to give. All right, Nico. I, uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. While you guys think on this, I'm gonna interrupt real quick. There is a a person I work with who shall remain nameless, and she had a baby in early 2016 mm-hmm. after the release of the Force Awakens. Named her baby boy Kylo. Oh. One of the girls that I worked with when I was in the catering business named her son Anakin. He's probably about six now. Mm. Does he hate sand? I'm sure he does, but he lives in Temecula, so he fucking deal with it. I was going to say, it makes sense that this guy is a technician in Tennessee. There's not really a lot of beaches in that state. You don't have to worry about it that much. True. All right, Scott, do you name your son, or do you take the name Darth Vader? I don't name I want Rename? to fear into the hearts of everyone in the galaxy. Mm. All right. Nico. Uh, I'm going to go with my child. I'm going to name wow. my child Darth Vader. My grandbaby uh-huh. Darth. 
Your <laughs> grandbaby Vader. Yeah, because you know what? Um, people already have hard enough time with my name being Nico. Um, is it an N? Is it an M? Is it spelled with a C? Is it spelled with two Ks? Like uh, My name's already tough enough, and I would love my child to go through the same thing that I did when I was growing up. <laughs> and I'll just have to teach him how to beat up the kids and make fun of them for being Darth Vader. And he's named after Grandpa. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody's going to beat up Darth Vader. Come on. Me, personally, I'm changing my name to Darth Vader. So I'll, I'll take it myself. That's it. Darth Vader Baldwin or just Darth Vader? Uh, no, Darth Vader Baldwin. i got to keep the family name going. Okay, I was going to say, because if, if you change your name to, to Darth Vader, does that does the family have to follow with Vader for everything? <laughs> You've got a family of Vaders? This guy's on this article, the CNN.com, um, he shows his uh, work ID, like his badge he wears at work. <laughs> It's so awesome. <laughs> it's just his face and it says Darth Vader below it. It's so cool. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Can you imagine getting pulled over by the police and handing him your ID and saying, No, sir, I need your real ID, please? And he's like, No, really. Uh, I'm Darth Vader. <laughs> There's something wrong with you, boy. <laughs> how how many times has this person actually been pulled over and what could have been a five minute, no officer, everything's fine, okay, great, you're on your way. Turns into a 30 minute argument with an officer. This has been Star Wars Choices. The most amazing thing is that he's had this name since birth. It's not like he's one of these nerds out there who's changed his name later in life because he hated his parents for calling him like George or something like that. Right. And that he's just been Darth Vader. Like going up through school, he's been Darth Vader and all of it. And, and ever. Oh, Greg, you got C-3PO'd. Ah, damn it. Sorry. All of a sudden, you guys are fine, too. I was, I was just saying that this guy's had the name since birth. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, there's a picture of his birth certificate. <laughs> it says State of Texas, City of Austin, Registration District, name Darth Vader Devon Williamson. It's so great. Can you imagine the uh, the nurses it. and the doctor in the delivery room? Like, what are you naming your son? Darth Vader. Like, wait, what? <laughs> it's so funny. They're just like, nerds! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, somebody had to, come on, somebody had to have been in, oh no, this is, when was this, 78? 78, wow. yeah. And never mind. I was going to say, it would have been great if one of the doctors or nurses just belted out, no! <laughs> All right, guys, we did have uh, a lot of other news to get to, so let's get to this. Um, boy, this has been really widely reported on uh, a couple of other podcasts uh, that yours truly uh, previews during the week. And CNET.com has this as well. Star Wars meets Sgt. Peppers in an epic geeky parody. I'm sure you all have seen this. It's just been all over the place. But uh, this, this, uh, these guys... Um, Let's see. They they call themselves Palette Swap Ninja. That is before their. We, before we get too far into it, I have to. There's something I have to know. Yes. Yes, Greg. That's my thought. Wow. <laughs> Those aren't is pillows. It, that's it, no moon. Is it Sergeant Peppers, or is it Sergeant Pepper, as in Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band? So is it singular possessive or is it plural? Is yes. that what you're asking? Yes, that's what I'm asking. It's singular possessive. 
Singular possessive. Okay. Sergeant Pepper, then. Yep. If, Who is this if, Sergeant Pepper you talk of? He's the one with the Lonely Heart Club band. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, these guys Come on. These, these guys took five years to to basically... He's having none of my bullshit tonight. <laughs> <laughs> deconstruct the Beatles songs. And as, as a huge, huge, huge Beatles fan, and of course a huge Star Wars fan, I geeked out over this. I think it was Scott who initially shared the, the link... Uh, and I could not get enough of this. I want to play a couple of these, just a few seconds of a few songs. Uh, the album is called Princess Leia's Stolen Death Star Plans. And I've got a couple of choice clips uh, queued up here. So this is the title track. This I thought is... that album title was going to go a completely different direction. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> this is Palette Swap Ninja with Princess Leia's Stolen Death Star Plans. That's just so good. Paul McCartney, he is not. Oh, but I love these guys. Come on. These guys. It's, now, it's super creative and and this is how far this has reached out into the uh, into the into the zeitgeist too. My mom called me about this this week. So. Is that right? <laughs> you you got to love when you're getting show prep from your mom. That's yes, awesome. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know what's great about this too is that, of course in now next next show guys we're going to be one day from the 40th anniversary of the release of Star Wars a New Hope. And and isn't next episode our 37th episode in a row? Oh yeah. I've got clerks jokes lined up. Yep, it is our 37th episode. Lined up like guys in a parking lot, right? Steve? <laughs> <laughs> And I believe either June or July 1st is the 50th anniversary of the release of Sgt. Pepper's 50 years. So, so we got some yeah, echo coming from you now. Yeah. Is it from me? Is it from me? Well, I can I hear it too, Greg. but I didn't do anything. So no, I was going to say, I think it's Greg. Oh, yeah, I think that's Greg or, or Dave's computer. Uh, I one, promise you it's not my computer. It's okay. one and the same. They're sharing a computer. They're sharing we're, Dave's thighs, apparently. We're, we're, that's what they're telling us. We're docked. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we are entirely docked tonight. Yeah. Wow. It's magical. You, you guys do know what docking is. Of course we do. Of course we do. <laughs> oh, they know what it is. <laughs> Experientially. Uh so this this next tune here is uh, Luke is in the desert, and I think this is uh, Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Let's check this out. In the desert on a bantha with no name. Picture yourself on a sand-covered planet. The Jawas find droids. Your uncle then buys. So good. So they so they 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 track the entire album. Uh, while telling the story of A New Hope through the lyrics of these songs put to Sgt. Pepper's. It's, it's just so good. Are you going to play more of that that track, Steve? Because the actual chorus about him whining in the desert is great. Oh, yeah, let me just continue. This R2 unit 
Its head explodes and then it dies Old vaporators and protocol droids Fix them like your uncle said Life on the world with twin suns Lucas <laughs> in the desert and whining Lucas in the desert and whining Take the joints <laughs> That's pretty strong God. First Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon and now this It's just <laughs> Very, very smart uh, Last track I have here queued up My favorite song on the album a Day in the Life of Red Five. Here we go. I made some friends today, oh boy. I helped a princess and her droid escape. Though losing Ben was rather sad. He said he knew my dad. He's really Now, all all the little uh, you know inside jokes are here. Uh, the music is is very strong. Uh, I was laughing just listening to the whole tracking the whole album, just cracking up. And Lisa goes, "Would you rather listen to this or or Sergeant Pepper's?" I'm like, no, Sergeant Pepper's for sure. But this is pretty damn good. <laughs> pretty fun. Good stuff. Yep, good good stuff. And good on these guys, boy. They uh, they hit they hit Pater with this. And uh, you can download the uh, all the songs for free. I think you go to um, go to their website, which might be palettswapninja.com. But I think if you just go to YouTube, you can find all the videos and uh, pull them down. And good stuff. All right. So um, let's move on um, to Mark. Mark Hamill continues to be in the news, getting himself out there. Uh, like no other Star Wars actor, or I mean, really like no other actor. The guy's the guy's all over Twitter, he's all over Facebook, and uh, he's teamed up with uh, Star Wars Force for Change, which is a uh, a, a great campaign that's um, put together by Omaze, where you can win uh, you know you can win a part in the Han Solo movie. You can um, you can meet. Mark Hamill for lunch in LA and uh, he's been all over the news. Have you seen him pranking fans and doing this kind of goofy stuff? Yeah, he's um, he did this for uh, uh, Force Awakens as well. I yep. think he was uh, on the floor of a convention dressed as a, um, a one of the newer stormtroopers doing something similar a few years ago. Uh, he loves doing this stuff and I, I get a kick out of it every time he does it. I think this one he he's doing uh, line readings from mm-hmm. people at a convention. Is that correct, Steve? Right, exactly. And he's got a cheap Halloween costume, Darth Vader plastic, just the face mask over his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you go to therap.com, you can find this. And by the way, all of our show links now available online at therechethive.net. 
any of these links, you can uh, you can go to the wretchedhive.net, pull up today's show, and they're all there. You can find it. Now, what I loved about Mark Hamill this week was was not the the videos were fun and pranking the videos were fun, but uh, you know Russia's been in the news quite a bit this week. What? Yeah. Turns out, turns out, um, you have our president and maybe some of his uh, administration might have uh, might have been in contact with the Russians. Fake news. Yeah. Good, good thing we got the FBI looking into that. If you keep talking about this, you're going to get all of us fired. I'm going to get censored. Uh, so on Monday, this is reported by a HollywoodReporter.com. On Monday, Mark Hamill had a great response to some old Russian article that decried. Star Wars Return of the Jedi as, quote, the final act in an insidious capitalist plot to militarize space. (laughs) Wow. The the article was unearthed by uh, Matthew Bodner, a journalist for the Moscow Times. Moscow Times. And uh, Hamill uh, couldn't resist uh, (laughs) a retort over social media. In Russian, he wrote, go force yourself, comrades. (laughs) Adding that it was tricky to get Google uh, Google Translator to spit out the word force. It must be a plot, Hamill quipped. So uh, Mark Hamill, not one to shy away from uh, from uh, making fun of our current situation with our with our president and uh, in his cabinet and the news about uh, about them potentially being involved with Russia during the election. So uh, Mark Hamill weighing in. I don't think Mark Hamill has a lot of issues uh, weighing in on that, any controversial subject. Uh, his Joker, Trumpster, whatever you call him, is, is still classic to me. It's, it is so damn good. You know, he's been all over the place this week, or the past couple of weeks, too. I mean, he was starting with the celebration, you know, coming up on a month ago now. Yeah. But then he did the Omaze stuff, and then he was on, um, was it? It was Kimmel, it was, but it was it was while Kimmel was off with the with the newborn baby. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that was the great. appearance with Adam Scott. He was Adam Scott was telling he was an actor. He's kind of a B B list actor. He's not really a, an an A name. He's he's always kind of there in, in the background. He was on Parks and Rec though. He's one of the main guys on Parks and Rec. So good on that show, by the way. He was yeah, he's brilliant on that show. And he was telling a story. I, I'm sorry we don't have it queued up because it's kind of a, a neat little clip. He's telling a story how when he was a kid, he invited Mark Hamill to a birthday party, and what? Kristen Bell, who was the guest host, then brought out Mark Hamill, who delivered a lightsaber. It was a very cute moment. It's you know I'm going to take this even farther, uh, Greg. He actually told that story a year ago to Kimmel, and since Kimmel was out um, with some issues, family issues with his uh, newborn kid, um, Kristen Bell set up this whole joke thing that actually just turned into this amazing moment where Mark Hamill finally came out and had that that great little lightsaber moment, kind of like a birthday party thing, and it was just it was wonderful how it was all executed. But you know what was great about that wasn't Mark Hamill. What was great about it was Adam Scott's reaction. Oh, it was sincere as I'm hell. So, yeah. genuine. so genuine. Yeah. 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 That was that was really cool. I love his moment. I mean, I'm sure that guy has had a lot happen in his life, but that moment where he's like, This is the greatest moment of my life, I was just like, Hell yeah, it is. I'd be doing the same thing, man. Super cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh guys, it's we need to honor our sponsor. We need to talk about the great service that is Audible.com. And Audible.com is a 
has been a longtime sponsor of the show, and um, they've offered this deal for our listeners for for quite a long time now. And some of you and, have taken advantage of it, and uh, it's a it's an outstanding opportunity to get a free thirty day trial to give Audible a try at uh, at really no risk to you at all. You just go and sign up for an Audible account. You get 30 days for free. And uh, you can download, oh, I think it's like 180,000 books, we say at the at the top of the show, 180,000, something like that, including over 250 Star Wars titles. Uh, and including this title, we've got a book review coming up in a little bit, and so we thought we would honor the book review by... by uh, Checking out another book by this author, Timothy Zahn, of course, ah. uh, wrote uh, <laughs> the Thrawn trilogy. And um, this sample we've got here, uh, selected by Scott, was the book three of the Thrawn trilogy, The Last Command. This is written by Timothy Zahn and narrated by Mark Thompson, who does a great job. He does a lot of these Star Wars books. Mark Thompson is uh, all over the Star Wars universe. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's really good. So uh, this is the Thrawn Trilogy, book three, The Last Command, by Timothy Zahn, narrated by Mark Thompson. They sat there in silence, each of the individuals and small groups sitting around its own table while he made his pitch. And as he finished and looked around at them, Card knew they weren't convinced. Brask made it official. You speak well, Card, the brub said, his thin tongue flicking out between his lips as he tasted the air. One might say passionately, if such a word could ever be said to apply to you, but you do not persuade. Do I truly not persuade, Brask? Card countered. Or do I merely fail to overcome your reluctance to stand up to the Empire? Brask's expression didn't change, but the pitted gray-green skin of his face, about all of him that was visible outside his body armor, turned a little grayer. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash hive, that's H-I-V-E, audibletrial.com slash hive forward slash hive for your free Audiobook. And listening to that brings back memories, guys. I, I, I've got to go back and eventually get to that Thrawn trilogy again. So good. Yeah, that's still on my list, too. I think I downloaded the, the first mm-hmm. book of the Thrawn trilogy on Audible, but it hasn't come up in my playlist yet. I'm actually listening to the new Thrawn book, which I think Dave is coming up later on, but I'm in the midst of listening to it myself. Nice. Well... Since uh, we've been talking about Thrawn and uh, and Dave's uh, pending book review, let's get to that. Dave finished uh, uh, <laughs> Timothy Zahn's new book, Thrawn. I'm about halfway through. Um, Dave, I can't wait to hear your review of Timothy Zahn's new book called Thrawn. Well, Thrawn is probably the most awaited novel of the entire crop since they uh, rebooted the universe. And that means it is hard to live up to the expectations because that original Thrawn trilogy, which was the uh, the early 90s launch of uh, Lucasfilm trying to do post-Star Wars stuff, was absolutely fantastic. And as any listener of the show can tell, we all 
have a very fond place in our, our hearts for it, and we are not alone. Now, the book does, in many ways, live up to the hype, but it does leave a lot of unanswered questions, in my opinion, and that makes it not quite as good. It's uh, It does give us old patterns in new situations, because this Thrawn is the same character, but in a completely different time and setting and space from the Thrawn that we all know and love from the end of Return of the Jedi. So, in the old expanded U, expanded universe, uh, Thrawn encountered a... Uh, a Republic expedition as his introduction to the Star Wars world in the uh, the pre-Tron trilogy book uh, called Outbound Flight. Here, Thrawn is exiled by his people and is found by an Empire uh, Star Destroyer uh, explorer post-Clone Wars. And I have to say, when they find Thrawn in exile, what happens next is pretty much uh, die hard with Thrawn as John McClane and the Imperials as the terrorists because he just starts cutting through them and about the only thing missing was a stormtrooper with a, a note in lipstick now I have an Imperial blaster ho 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 <laughs> so at any rate you know because obviously it's kind of impressive you know that this this alien creature is so fantastic. He gets taken inexplicably right to a meeting with the Emperor where he drops a card that he knows Anakin Skywalker. And then the Emperor enrolls Thrawn in the Imperial Academy uh, with the rank of Lieutenant, which is typically not bestowed until after graduation. And we get to follow Thrawn's career. This is what the book does, is trace his arc from the rank, you know, a cadet at the Academy through to kind of the Grand Admiral phase that we find him at in in Rebels. And it's an interesting but somewhat predictable rise. You, uh, as I said, old things and new patterns. Instead of uh, Captain Paleon as the uh, sidekick, so that we can have expository explanation of what's going on, uh, Thrawn is granted a personal aid for no other reason than we clearly need to have somebody for Thrawn to talk to to explain what's going on in that wonderful brain of his. And it's, it is an interesting play on the traditional, you know, it's not a hero sidekick dynamic and not a villain henchman dynamic, but Thrawn uses this guy and is training him and grooming him. So we see Thrawn as a bad guy. He's an Imperial. But you, you get to see this human, for lack of a better word, side of him as well as he's kind of forming a bond and friendship with this character and grooming him to be something way more than he is at the at the start of it. We also see Thrawn not be being the military tactician genius that he is, but not doing very well with the political world of the Empire and not even really grasping or understanding it. And that's where the supporting cast comes in handy for him because they will point out and help him out with things along the way. Now, as I flipped through my notes that I spilled some drinks on earlier, so uh, now uh, this novel does end with Thrawn meeting Darth Vader, and I half expect them to launch into this stirring rendition of the Rice Weber number "I've Heard So Much About You" from Avita. <laughs> I really do, <laughs> and I was really disappointed that they didn't. I'm really excited everybody got that reference, but uh, so it. it it doesn't come to pass, and this is where one of the great unanswered questions is. is you have the, this setup early on, and then he meets Darth Vader, and you, you're wondering, does he know Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader? What is that connection? How does Why is this apparently set in motion by Anakin before Anakin is even really fully engaged you know, as a Sith servant? 
And that is just completely unanswered by the book. And I'm really hoping that means that Zahn's going to come back and do some more with the character. Because that would seem logical. I mean, that is his great gift to the Star Wars universe, in my opinion, of a few great characters. But Thrawn is by far the best. So it's a very fulfilling book, and I'm trying not to be spoilerific with what, what goes on. But as it, I mean, obviously the time frame that it's in, it's the same time frame as, you know, Catalyst and all this great pre-Star you know Star Wars Episode Four stuff. Uh, Thrawn is kind of investigating smuggling operations and discovering uh, that there are these weird weird off-book Empire things going on. Uh, the Empire is doing a lot of mining for a, a mineral called Dunium that's apparently going to build some massive weapon that I assume is Death Star 1 because he discovers an, an element called Do-Overnium, which I assume is used for Death Star 2. <laughs> found right next to the Unobtainium, I yes, think. Yes, found right next to the Unobtainium. <laughs> but, but yeah... All, on a whole, I would honestly, I would give the book three and a half stars with the caveat that I have an extreme blind spot for the character of Thrawn and the writing of Zahn. So people should honestly take that into account. I am flagging it here. I cannot be completely unbiased when I'm reviewing this, <laughs> this author writing these characters. Excellent. Wow. So they, uh, I, I also am about halfway through it. So Steve, you're, you're also about halfway through the book I completed. Uh, that well, I'm, I'm, I'm comparing myself to Steve here, okay. Baldwin, who's about halfway through. So Steve, let's you and I compare a couple notes. What are your current thoughts on the book being halfway through? Because I'm 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 about halfway. I think I'm a little less than halfway, but I'm almost there too. So what are your current yeah. thoughts? Well, I mean, I think the book has been paced very well. Uh, to me, it's a page turner. I'm forcing myself to close it every night to go to sleep. Um, I want to keep reading. Um, I I love the character development. I like seeing Thrawn um, a little more more vulnerable than you see him in other situations. You know, in the in the um, Heir to the Empire series. Um, I like the that he has a little uh, sidekick. I think his name is Eli. If that is that Vanto. right, Dave? Yeah, it's Eli Vanto. Eli Vanto, yeah. Um, I like him, and I, I I like that. Obviously, it's a it's a, a real necessity to get inside his brain, as as you as you referenced, Dave. You kind of have someone. You need a character to provide that narrative. Um, I don't. I didn't really think of him that way, but it completely makes sense um, from the way that you laid it out. I I'm really entertained by it. I I like Timothy Zahn's writing. Um, I like his other stuff, and I'm enjoying this book. Uh, if I were to go back and start this one over again, I think I would go out and and I've been a guy who's only listened to books for about the past ten to fifteen years. I haven't actually physically read a sure. physical copy of a book for about ten to fifteen years. Um, I've been an audiobook guy, and I think this is one I would actually want to go back and read, and I'll tell you why. Hmm. Um, there's this thing that happens in the story in Thrawn's head. He's constantly analyzing the situation yes. he's in. Yes. And so it's 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 Mark Thompson who's 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 reading this book, who's narrating this book again, and he vocalizes all that stuff and what it reminds the, the closest thing I can I can I can paint the picture as is the 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 Sherlock Holmes movie that came out several years ago with Robert Downey Jr. And he sits there Sorry. and he says, okay, mm. and, and this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen, and this is going to – and he lays out the entire scenario that happens, and then they run through it in the film. You know, So it's, it's trying to show the analytical mind at work. And so that's what happens in the in, 
on the in the audiobook is is he tells you all the stuff that's going to happen and then he describes the stuff as it happens and so it's constantly repeating itself things that are things that are going on things that are obvious in the story are constantly being repeated and it's kind of distracting so i think if it i think if i was just able to read it i would be able to just kind of skim through that stuff instead of just listening to it being repeated constantly on the audiobook mm. so i'm enjoying the story but it's it's kind of a chore to listen through so i would suggest going back and getting the actual physical book on this one and not listening to the audiobook you know it's not distracting for me at all i i kind of appreciate the the you know when something miraculous happens and then they have to go back and talk about the the steps that why he knew it was going to take place why Thrawn's brilliance sort of set this set them up for victory i i kind of like it i'm but, but I'm aren't digging you reading it. It? you're you're reading you're reading the actual book right yes see that's what i mean i i mm -hmm. i there's some, there's something lost in the translation yeah. between the reading it and taking it in visually and listening it listening to it and taking it in Orally, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. So that I, I would want to go back and actually read the book. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, it, it feels like with the audiobook, it's constantly tripping over itself. Hmm. Got it. If it makes any sense. And that review was not brought to you by Audible.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I just have to add, Dave. Only you can find a way to link Evita and Star Wars together, which I hey. really appreciate. That there's a lot of weird shit rolling around in my head. Oh, I had the wrong track. <laughs> Tried to pull up some Evita for you, but couldn't do it. Oh, uh, stop giving me choices. Steve. Well played. <laughs> don't 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 cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that, Dave. That was great. Um, and uh, actually, Audible.com, folks, you can go pull that down right now as your free audiobook. Go to audiobook audio sorry audibletrial.com forward slash hive. Except and, don't. Except don't, because uh, <laughs> Greg doesn't recommend it. <laughs> No, but I, I think that's I think you're making a very fair point, Greg. I, I the way that thing is structured, and I glossed over it because I honestly didn't enjoy that as much. Yeah. But it, I can't. It didn't click to me at the time. That would annoy the crap out of me if I was listening to it. Yeah. How he structures. Yeah. How he structures it. It, it would be it would be different on the page. Yes, um, it, it, it is. It would be much different on the page. Um, another thing to compare it to, if you've ever read the Sin, the Sin City comic book by Frank Miller. The, the dialogue in the Sin City comic book on the page is fantastic. Mm. When they transferred that to film, and they transferred it almost verbatim, there's not much change that goes on. It is so cheesy and so corny when it's said out loud. It sounds horrible on the film. Even though that movie is beautiful, the, the, the script of that movie is awful. Well, I would imagine that reading a Scooby-Doo story or script <laughs> is probably way worse than watching the episode on TV. Zoinks. Sure, we can capture him. All we need is that suit of armor, this rope, a bowling ball. <laughs> if, if it wasn't for those damn kids. Uh, well, thank you so much for that, Dave. That was great. And uh, I just want to follow up. There's a great interview with Timothy Zahn on TheVerge.com. And he talks about Thrawn as an old friend. He says, the question is, how did, how did it feel to come back to Thrawn after so many years after you created him? And uh, Timothy Zahn says, really, it's like I never left. I've written about him so much over the years that he's like an old friend who I understand completely. 
So he knows this character, and uh, I would I I for all Star Wars fans, I highly recommend this book. Very very good. I enjoyed it. I'm enjoying it. I should say. Uh, so guys, we've got some news from the Han Solo film. No, don't get excited. I have not produced a a Han Solo film intro. I need to do that, but um, we're getting close. We're getting closer to Episode Eight and uh, Han Solo. So I've got to get down to the uh, basement, spend a couple of weeks down there grinding out one of these uh, little bumper intros we have. Was that a Jim Rome reference? Oh, it might have been. Well, go down to the basement. <laughs> Yeah, he talks about recharging his batteries, right? Yeah, he talks about going down in the basement to suck on some batteries, get the battery yeah. acid. Is he, he's not on terrestrial radio anymore, is he? He is on terrestrial radio. Oh, he is. It's yeah, back, he's back on. He's back. I thought he was he only never, on the internet. No, he never left. He's uh, he's he used to be with uh, Premier Radio Networks and syndication, and he jumped to uh, CBS. Oh, oh. so he's oh. on the CBS-owned radio stations. Okay, oh, okay. I haven't got. I haven't listened to him in a decade, probably because he went to Premier or because he went to uh, satellite. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, Han Solo making some He's waves awesome. here. He's awesome. And uh, there's there's some rumors, guys, about a uh, a character from the Phantom Menace and from famously from the extended universe potentially being in Han Solo. This is again, MoviePlot.com reporting Quinlan Voss. Perhaps making appearance in the Han Solo film. Um, of course, potentially Jar Jar Binks, but uh, no one's really clamoring for that, according to this article. But uh, Voss is the boss. <laughs> they did a lot of research on that point too. Yeah, hot take. <laughs> Jar Jar, Jar Jar not popular, <laughs> according to Tom. <laughs> Which one of us said they were going way out on a limb and? <laughs> Jar Jar was not a popular character. Jar Jar, Jar Binks, still less popular than Donald Trump. Breaking news. <laughs> so we already saw, according... I don't know that that's true, Dave. I don't know that Jar Jar Binks is less popular than Donald Trump at this point. <laughs> oh, man. Our next episode of the Richard Guy, would you rather Donald Trump or Jar Jar Binks as president? Yeah. yeah. Star Wars choices number two for the night. Who is our next president? <laughs> well, they're both Sith puppets, so I don't understand. <laughs> no puppet. You're the puppet. <laughs> oh, my God. Misa met the Russians. <laughs> uh, Movieplot.com reporting. We already saw Gareth Edwards' Rogue One tie into the very first scene of A New Hope, but there's no doubt that in the upcoming Han Solo film, we'll also chart familiar territory while well, we have cast a cast that already includes Alden Alach as the titular Solo and Donald Glover as the BFF Han Lando Calrissian there's another big character from the early Glover. days about to join the galaxy's most infamous nerf herder and that is Quinlan Voss so uh, Quinlan Voss potentially in the Han Solo film that's pretty cool also yeah, Dan- Dan- Daniel Glover Glover. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's like three, four episodes now where you call him Glover. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. His name's his name's Glover. Dan- Danny Glover. Like a glove. Like a glove. Like a glove. Yeah. Like a but Glover. one who makes gloves. What do I say, Glover? Yeah. She's an easy Glover. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's right. also known as the childish Gambino. For all my millennials listening, he's also known as the childish Gambino. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate that uh, corrections and retractions mid-show. Thank you for making that correction. <laughs> when he says that, he means not at all. <laughs> I, really, I really, I really hate you. Amen. All right, see three PO again. That was night like the last four episodes where you called them Glover. This is the most unlistenable episode we've ever produced. One hundred percent. No, terrible. We're, we're, we're thirty six in, man. I this would, is not the most unlistenable. Yes. I would I would debate that battle. <laughs> Are you betting a testicle on that right now? No, no I'm not going to. I will I will I will see that testicle and raise you. Wow. Raise me here now. Yeah, um, yeah. You saw what I did there. Uh, other other news from the Han Solo film, theforce.net reporting, uh, put it, put a picture online. Actually, this, this has uh, been reported across other news outlets, but theforce.net great website. If you've never been there, go right now. Well, when you're done listening to the show, put a picture up of, uh, looks like a Han Solo set that uh, was taken from a great distance at a, pretty high elevation but looking down it looks like a desert sort of a little town or little city down there and uh so maybe maybe this the speculation is that maybe han solo uh the han solo film takes place on tatooine so what do you guys think why not that's where job of the hut is he actually has a lot of uh dealings with job of the hut i think he's a regular on tatooine at some point he has to be on tatooine you're right yeah at least a bit of the movie, maybe not the entirety of the movie, but at least a bit of it. Yeah, yeah. we'll totally see Mos Cantina. We'll see um, um, uh, um, Jabba's Palace. No, what, what's the, what's the name? Maybe. What's the name of the band, Scott? The Cantina Band. The Modal Nodes. The Modal Nodes. Fig- Figure and Dan and the Modal Nodes. That's yes. what that's what I was trying to come up with. Thank you. I just I just imagine that Tatooine will be framed up as this exotic, exciting you know, Shangri-La place that he needs to go to and then we'll get there and realize it's tattooing. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if he's flying in the Falcon and he like sticks an eight track cassette, you know, in the dash and it's, it's the modal nodes. It says awesome mixtape volume one on it. That's yeah. what it says. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to back one special edition. <laughs> I'm going to tie this back into your Quinlan Voss thing since we had some technical diff- difficulties there. Um, yeah. It should be interesting to see if that does actually pan out because Quinlan Voss has such a weird uh, history with being on film. Um, I don't know how much research or how much you know about Quinlan Voss or anyone else on the show, but uh, Quinlan Voss is obviously a Jedi Knight who technically made his first film appearance in Episode 1 on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Are we losing sound again here? You're sound. You're fine now. Yeah, he's in the background um, during a you know, pod race, right? No, no. In in the uh, the moment where Jar Jar throws that little frog thing, he's trying to eat over at Sebulba. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a moment where you see him as one of the diners sitting in the background in Mos Espa. So oh. um, that's technically the first appearance he wasn't actually actually named in that film and it was actually retconned later on and i think greg and i have had a conversation about retconning 
characters and films and things that you know that have a huge fan base and uh, that are well beloved. But eventually, his character was supposed to show up multiple times in uh, the Clone Wars cartoons, and I think he was supposed to be, he was supposed to be in Revenge of the Sith in one of the Order sixty six scenes that was a, a, actually made into an animatic, but was ultimately deleted from the final film. So it would be interesting to see if Quinlan Boss does make an appearance in the Han Solo film back on Tatooine. Apparently he's stuck on that planet. Yeah. So I don't know how much you guys know about Quinlan Boss. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Well, I knew he was in episode one. I've seen that image of him in the background. I thought it was during a pod race, but um, yeah. And he was definitely yeah. on the Clone Wars too. He, or um, the Clone Wars uh, animated series. Yes. Yeah. All right, so also making news around the Han Solo movie is the Han Solo miniseries, the comic. Dave, you put this on our notes, on our little uh, Facebook thread. And um, you mentioned that uh, the Han Solo series was nominated for an Eisner Award. Can you talk a little bit about that? Is that Who hands out those Eisner Awards? So the Eisner Awards are considered the comic book industry equivalent of an Oscar or, or an Emmy or, or something like that. And there's a, a panel of individuals that get together and determine the nominees. And then there's a, a general vote that's taken from the, the Eisner Academy members. Uh, the awards are handed out at uh, San Diego Comic-Con every year. And they, they don't skew completely independent. You know, the major publishers do get do get nominations, but it is unusual to see a major publication with a you know a legit franchise title get an Eisner Award nomination. So I was very very intrigued to see that, and the Han Solo miniseries has jumped onto my buy list as a result of it. It's a very very prestigious thing to get one of those. Cool. So if you go to comic-con.org. And uh, look for the Eisner Awards. You can find the different categories. And uh, sure enough, Han Solo by Marjorie Liu and Mark Brooks uh, from Marvel is nominated for Best Limited Series. Other nominees are Archangel. That's an IDW publication. Briggs Land from Dark Horse. Kim and Kim from Black Mask. And The Vision from also from Marvel. So Han Solo uh, up there with some... Have you uh, have you read the the Vision book, Dave? Is that one that's hit your radar yet? It has hit my radar. I haven't read it yet, but I I do want to read it because I have not bumped into a single person who has said a bad thing to me about yeah, that book. I, I hear great things about that book. It's one I want to get to. I I did because it came up earlier in the week that um, this was nominated for an Eisner Award, and so I mentioned that I had all five issues, and and so I sat down with them this past weekend and read through all five issues. And they're 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 good. They're enjoyable. Um, I think the art is fantastic in them. They really capture that um, '70s Star Wars feel of all the characters and everything like that. Um, and the the ship design and everything is 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 really is really top notch. Um, enjoyed the book. It's a good book. Not as good as the Darth Vader book. If you haven't read any of the Star Wars books yet, go and read the Darth Vader. Yeah, ones and first. I, I I have picked up the Darth Vader yeah. stuff, and I think I've gotten through the first four issues, and it's like, oh my god, where has this thing been yeah, all my life? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. So good. So the, good. The killer assassin droids yes. are like, yeah. what twisted mind comes up with that? <laughs> it's so good. 
So good. and and Doctor uh, Doctor Afra Afra yeah. uh, that she actually won the the poll. They were having a uh, the Star Wars toy. I'm blanking on the the manufacturer now, but they were having a poll for their retro she, line. She was on a poll. Yeah, Excellent. to bring to bring <laughs> to bring in. You know what would what new character would you like us to bring out in that the old traditional original trilogy retro style yeah, yeah. and. That that character won. I think she has a, a limited series of her own that I haven't read yet, but I want to pick up because she's a great character in the in the in the Vader comic as well. Yeah, really good. Yeah, that's that 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 whole series is top notch. The Han Solo one good. Darth Vader one better. Yeah, Darth, the Darth. I haven't finished the Darth Vader, but God, that thing is good so far. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, lastly, in the Han Solo universe. Uh, portion of the star wars universe i should say i should say amelia clark is out uh, making the news and i'm just going to say right now any story that has amelia clark in it is going to get read on this show yummy i'm a fan i i'm a fan of of uh miss clark great young actress and uh the cute british girls i you just can't resist them uh of course game of thrones star amelia clark was revealed to join the cast of the upcoming untitled Han Solo Star Wars story in a mysterious role last winter. The film, which is currently in production, stars Alden Alarak as a young Han Solo, um, Junus Suantomo as Chewbacca, and Donald Glover. Yay. Thank you very much. As the young <laughs> Han Solo Calrissian. She said, genuinely, I can't tell you anything other than Alden is magnificent and it's a delight to do something on that level with really cool actors and nice people. But even if, but it's even scarier than talking about Game of Thrones. I take that to mean that her NDA is even scarier than Game of Thrones. Are we a year away from the Han Solo movie at this we, point? We are almost yeah. exactly a year away. Yikes. So we should be seeing, yeah, we should get the first actual footage of this movie probably in the next, like, I'd say two to three months. Yep. So how do you how do you think they're going to do the marketing for this? Are they going to market it prior to episode eight coming out? They they have to. They have. Uh, yeah, to. I almost think they have to too. But it's yeah. it's it's a weird dynamic. It is because they we touched on this last time. They yeah. they've always done the theatrical release, the video release, next movie, theatrical release, video release, next movie. That's why I was convinced that they were going to bump Han Solo back to next December because after Han Solo, there's – well, I guess they're going a full year after Han Solo. So we have we have a year, a year, and then we have this weird six-month break yeah. for Han Solo, and then it's back to year after that. So No, but we've I, got five – we've got – well, I guess six months, yeah, from December to May, right? Between yeah. episode eight and May, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I – you know, I guess you I, you could wait. I mean, it doesn't really need the marketing push behind it. It's Star Wars, but I don't see how you don't get teaser footage out there nine months ahead of time to start at least drumming up the general interest in this movie. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it. So we they dropped episode eight last month, mm -hmm. about what seven months out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that would be right around Thanksgiving, right around when they should be in the full. You know, balls to the wall push for yeah. episode eight, and that just seems that just yeah. seems completely counterintuitive. Yeah, I I, I think it's got to be somewhere around either Spider Man Homecoming in uh, July August timeframe mm -hmm. or or Thor in November. That's I think that's I think, what it's got to be. I think Thor is going to be the big episode eight. Uh oh the 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 final trailer you yeah. mean that that'll be around Thor yeah. time. Mm -hmm. I think so. 
I don't know. I think we'll get it slightly ahead of that. I think Assuming it, people are going to go to see the Thor movie, though. Uh, I don't know. That movie looks horrible. <laughs> really? No, I, I think that the, the Thor trailer was fantastic. Second to only the the Guardians, mm. the the second Guardians trailer, I think was the best trailer of the year, hands down, so far. And then the Thor trailer. Really? And then the Star Wars trailer. I, yeah. I actually like the Wonder Woman trailer better yeah. than the Thor trailer. Uh, the Wonder the Wonder Woman trailers were started out really good and just for me have gotten worse and worse. It's just the, it's got too much of Zack Snyder's stink all over it. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> Shower up, Zach. Come on. Come yeah, on. it's it's yeah. That I I I feel really badly about saying that because I really want the Wonder Woman movie to like really kick all kinds of ass. But the whole DC universe, well, the you whole, know, it, 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 it whether whether it's fake news in the media, I don't know. It just seems like it's a complete mess and in shambles right now. Well, you just mm-hmm. you have to wonder how many movies Warner Brothers is going to let Zack Snyder fuck up before they just stop <laughs> stop going to the well on that. <laughs> Well, guys, talking about fake news and cute British girls. How's that for how's that that's, for transition? That's why, and that's why he's the host of the podcast, everybody. <laughs> uh, DailyMail.com. DailyMail.co.uk, if you're in the States, um, has this great little piece. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, this is a, well, one of their, a weather girl on, on one of their news broadcasts. Uh, really took advantage of, of, of her Star Wars fandom, seemingly. And uh, her name is Cyan Welby. And uh, she managed to keep a straight face as she revealed off, uh, as she reeled off quite a few Star Wars references in this weather forecast. I'm going to play the whole thing. It's worth it. 39 seconds. Cyan Welby on Channel 5 in, uh, in the UK. Have a listen. If it'll play. Dub <laughs> it can stop daily her- no, not that. Advertisement. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Oh. God damn it. God damn it. Play the fucking video. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to have to We're going to have to get past this advertisement. Bib Fortuna. Talk about Star Wars already. What the hell is this dove shit? All right, so Cyan Welby, Channel 5, uh, in the UK. Have a listen. There. Well, it's another unusually mild day today with a layer of cloud covering the UK. But if you look farther west, you will be seeing a glimmer of sunshine if you're lucky. However, there will be a fairly light breeze. What? The force is strong, though, for northern Scotland. And then tonight, the weather strikes back as a deep area of low pressure pushes in from the west, creating storm-like conditions for northern Ireland and western Scotland. Don't be a trooper. Please take care on the roads. Could be difficult driving conditions. Now, if you're forced to awaken early tomorrow morning, it will be on the dark side but as you can see fairly mild with temperatures in double digits far far away towards the southeast of england there's a new hope for some sunshine developing in the afternoon love her the pun is strong with that one yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she's great you got to check that out little cutie too gotta love it uh justin trudeau talking about politics i wait i'm still shocked that that there's an attractive uh, female weather forecaster. Can we dwell on that anomaly for a second? Is is that another going out on a limb moment for for us? I've never, I've never heard of such a thing. That's strange. <laughs> I'm used to looking at Johnny Mountain 
So you, you know. obviously don't watch Mexican news. <laughs> no, never. Justin Trudeau, of course, famously is a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, there's video of him, uh, I think, going to see Return of the Jedi with his father, who was also at one point Prime Minister of Canada. Um, Justin Trudeau wore Star Wars socks on television on May the 4th. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau in New York aboard the decommissioned aircraft carrier Intrepid had a political meeting with of a different sort took place. I am talking, of course, about the sit-down Thursday between Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada and Prime Minister Kenny of Ireland. I thought it would be uh, Chancellor Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> no, Palps wasn't in this one. Um, according to NewYorkTimes.com, uh, specifically his socks, he wore mismatched Star Wars socks, one in blue and gray with R2-D2 and the other gold and black depicting C-3PO. Pretty good stuff from Prime Minister Trudeau. Gotta love it. Pretty strong. Strong in the ways of the forest, those Canadians. Um, let's see. I Guys, we just have one more story to get to. And uh, this was just kind of a fun one. I thought we'd run through this really quick. From CNET, 23 signs. Yours... You're a Star Wars super fan. I'm sorry, what, Greg? What? Scott disappeared on his camera for a minute there, and all I saw, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought his cat was coming up in the camera screen. Oh. Was at the top of his head. I think Scott's going down on the pussy right now. Oh, wow. oh man. Um, looks like a hairy one. Actually, <laughs> meow. <coughs> oh man! <laughs> Twenty-three signs you're a Star Wars super fan is what I started to say. <laughs> uh, and I, I normally don't go for these. You know, I don't. I don't. I'm not crazy about these sort of manufactured lists. But this one was good because I I want to see if we can between the five of us if we all if if we as the wretched hive. Collectively. Can collectively can qualify as a Star Wars super fan. So number one, you open automatic doors using the Force. Um, not every time, but I've done it, yes. I, I have done it. Absolutely have done it, not every time, but yes. At least once. Number two, your Wi-Fi network is called Secret Rebel Base. Now, mine is called um, Echo Base. Well, I figure wait, that's wait, close enough. Wait a minute. Which one, Steve? <laughs> Which one? All right, so I've got Echo Base, I've got Holo- <laughs> I've got Holocron, and I've got Dagobah. So there you go. Uh, my 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 Wi-Fi is called Poggle the Lesser. So does that count? Absolutely, that counts. Okay. All right. Uh, hang on, I have to give Dave a pen here so he can keep score. Okay. So I okay. I, I, I am we, I am two for two. So are we far. keeping personal score or collective score? Uh. I'm going to charge you with that. You're the Whoa. scorekeeper. <laughs> I would say there's no need to make it personal, Dave. Mm. I was looking away from the computer and looked up to see that, Scott, so thank you. Uh, I always miss out on this stuff because I'm trying to pay attention. Gosh darn it. 
All right, number three, you've dissected the Han Greedo scene into bullet trajectories and conjectures even a JFK conspiracy theorist would be jealous of. Well, the Warren Commission has nothing on me. All right. Yeah. I, I don't know that I – I mean, no, I don't, I don't think I've actually done that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to give myself the benefit of the doubt on there, but no. I mean, I've you know, I've watched it on YouTube, but I can't say that. I, I think you're that. a damn dirty liar. <laughs> I'm, I'm. 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 I'll be straight up, but no. I'm gonna say no. I have gone frame by frame with that scene. If you guys want to count that, I've gone frame by frame to see how they made I'll, Han's head move and you know all of that nonsense. I'll count that. Yeah. Right. Okay. That, that's some deep analysis. Uh, number four. You hate Yuzan Vong. Hate who? Yuzan Vong. Uh, yeah, that's a big yes. I don't, know that, I don't know who that is. Who is he's the singer in Java's Palace that was replaced for the special edition. Oh, then I'm going to count that as a yes. I okay, did not no, know who knowing, that was. Knowing but, who it is, yes. Yeah. Okay, here's the one that might trip us up, I'm thinking. Number five, you have an eBay alert set for kyber crystals. <laughs> no, I can't say that. I can't say that. I, I don't either. Scott, nope. Nico, nope. 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 Damn. All right. And eBay alert for anything Star Wars? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Have you guys been in my garage? Unless <laughs> unless, 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 unless uh, Mrs. Ivansky is listening to the podcast. And no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, no. Not What's an eBay alert? <laughs> they have all been erased. <laughs> uh, I, we're we're going to go ahead and count that. Go ahead. Scott, Scott's got more stuff than Toys R Us, for sure, <laughs> at this point. All right. Number six. I know this is all of us. When something bad happens, your default reaction is to shout, No! Yeah, oh, yeah. Happens yeah. all the time. Yep. It's yeah. happened at least three times tonight. Damn it. Skype is down again. No! All right, number seven. Every time you pick up anything that's remotely long, it's a lightsaber and you make the appropriate noise for it. Oh, yeah. Well, when it, at Christmas time, definitely with the wrapping tube. So, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that happens. I know we got this covered. You uh, number eight. You know Wicket's full name. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I do not. Okay, wait, Scott. I know you know it. I know you know it. So, Dave, you, do you know it? No. Nico. Three, three W's. Come on. Wicket. Change on a Jameson. Okay, tell me if I'm right, Scott. Wicket W Warwick. That's right. Boom. Wiki wiki wiki. I don't know why I know that. I just did. Do. You just mic drop Wiki W Warwick. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, you have a Star Wars quote ready for every situation. Oh hell yes! I I, I drive people crazy with my Star Wars quotes. So. I will see you in hell. I've got a bad feeling about this. Mm -hmm. This is impressive. <laughs> Most you guys impressive. all have to grandeur. I mean, that's almost a given. You're my only hope. <laughs> That's what got us started podcasting. <laughs> Stupid Star Wars quotes. <laughs> Poor Scott. That's no moon. <laughs> oh my god, I do that daily. <laughs> Alright, uh, I'm going to pin this one on Greg. Number 10, you've played Star Wars Masters of Terrace Kai. Kasi, yes. Terrace Kasi. Yeah. Hell, yep. 
Yeah, Nico, N- Nico and I used to play that together. Yeah. Greg used to make me cry because he would <laughs> beat me to the ground. <laughs> but, but, I learned how to I learned how to rage at video games at a young age because my stepdad was an asshole and he would <laughs> beat his ten year old son. But the best thing about this though is it says number ten. You played Star Wars Masters of Terrascasi. You poor soul. <laughs> I loved the game when I got to play it by myself. You just hate your stepdad. Got it. No, I don't hate my stepdad. I uh, hated when he beat me. <laughs> but that was at every game. He would beat me at freaking NHL 98 on the Super Nintendo. It's every father's obligation not to take the pedal the, the foot off the gas when you're when you're, you know, playing your kid at video games. Oh yeah. So so it, it, I I will say he got his just revenge when we got that stupid Green Army Men game though for one of the Nintendo consoles. <laughs> Any first person shooter game became my playground. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 11. You always let the most wookie like person win. I'm not Never. sure. That, I'm not sure what that means. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that means. I, I mean, I'm pretty hairy, so I'm pretty sure that I win everything. Okay. Okay. I'm going to put that down as a no for the group. Yeah, I think we uh, epic fail on that one. Yeah. Because we don't know what it means. Uh, what does it, it mean? It means that you're basically you're a pussy, and if you think you're going to get the shit beat out of you, you let the other person win. <laughs> yeah. 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 Huh? I see it. Well, do any of us tear people's arm socket, arms out of their sockets when they lose? Not all the time. No, yeah. Just hmm. twice that I can remember. At least and, one, and one time was just to see what would happen. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right, number 12. Everyone repeat after me. If someone says, I love you, you say, I know. I know. I know. Number, number 13, you have very strong opinions about who the best robot in the Star Wars canon is. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Certainly have an opinion on who's the worst. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. So who is the best? IG-88. Everybody's all in agreement, right? IG-88, number one. Power droid. This, in this article's hum- humble opinion, it's K2SO. Oh, that's strong. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Greg, I, I was going to agree with you. I like IG-88, actually. Mm-hmm. Number 14, you're still waiting for Kyle Katarn to return to the canon. Same with Dash, Rendar, and Marjade. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, fuck, uh, yes, I am. Mara Jade. I'm, I'm in it, Mara Jade. No. Kyle yeah. Katarn. Uh, Kyle K- Katarn. Good God, I can't talk tonight. <laughs> All three of them. All right, number 15. Your favorite member of the Jedi Council is neither Yoda nor Mace Windu. Mm. I'd go with that. I don't know. The Conehead isn't my favorite member. <laughs> There's more than him. Yeah, I Master mean, Kit Fisto's pretty cool. I mean, uh, my favorite character is Obi Wan, so that technically yeah, qualifies. You're, you're, you're covered. Obi Wan. Well, wait a minute. Obi Wan. When did Obi Wan become? Okay, Obi Wan was a member on of the council. Episode three. Somewhere between episode two and three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Yaddle. Yaddle. <laughs> the the pink Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Yaddle's the the other green Yoda, not oh. the pink, not the pink one eyed freak. So, isn't that the girl Yoda? The girl Yoda, yeah, yeah. All who's right, the, now, who's the pink one eyed freak? What's that guy's name? Even Payel. Okay. Greg Lent. 
Oh, you walked right into that one. Nice. Uh, number 16, you've watched Hidden Fortress to identify the similarities. Um, yes. Absolutely. No. Nope. No, I think I've, I've watched. Fortress? I've never watched it to see the similarities. Wow. Yeah, I've okay. watched everything that's been referenced as a Star Wars. I've actually looked for the footage Lucas used the World War II footage mm-hmm. of the airplanes. Yeah. To see if I could actually was that all from Hidden Fortress? That wasn't Hidden Fortress. No, that wasn't Hidden not, Fortress. But not the, uh, not the dogfighting scenes. Hidden Fortress is a, is a, it's set in feudal Japan. That's the yeah. The, it's a Kurosawa. The, the samurai one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 All right, number 17. Ooh, ooh, this one might trip us up too. Uh, 17, you invited George Lucas to your wedding. No, did not. No. no. Can't I haven't I had that. a wedding yet, so I haven't had the ooh. chance. But no, I will you, definitely you, Yeah, be, you have to invite him. That way we I will, can, we I will send him an invite, whether he shows up or not. That's not up to me. My wedding happened in the middle of the prequels, so fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> number 18. I'm your wedding anyway. <laughs> Number 18, you've chosen a side between Lopty Neck and Jedi Rocks. Yes. Uh, Lopty Neck all the time. Oh, it's got to be Lopty Neck. Come on. Number 19, you've had your picture taken with an actor whose name isn't even in the credits. I can't say I've done that. Yep, I have. Mm -mm. I will post it on our page, too. Who did you take a picture with? Do you remember? Yeah, it's the uh, I can't remember her name, but she played. She was the second person to play Greedo. Mm. Um, and there's you know, Greedo in the high heels. That's right. That's the, the the that lady. I also got my photo with Uncle Ben. He's in the credits, though. I'm sorry, Uncle Owen, and um, well, he's in the credits too. Uh, um, <laughs> Peter Mayhew, obviously. I could just be. Also in the credits. Come on. Come on, Scott. Let me one, man. I'm cool with that. Well, look, because the question isn't worded very clearly, the question is not specific to a Star Wars movie. Therefore, yes, I've, I have. I've, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have my picture taken with Dave earlier tonight. Neither one of us is in the credits. Yeah, I, I, I have my picture taken with an actor that's not in the credits for a Star Wars movie. What is her name? Maria de Argos, I think is her name. Maria Conchita Alonso. That too. <laughs> Jose Vizcayano. <laughs> All right, number number twenty. You were shipping Star Wars characters before Tumblr even heard of Chirrut and Bays. Whoa! You were shipping Star Wars characters, putting them in a relationship yeah. together. That's what that means. Shipping. Yeah. Relationship. Got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> not shipping and handling. No. That would be a whole different way. I'm like going via FedEx or I'm going, I'm, human trafficking going on. I, I'm going. I've had a FedEx account since '98. Does that count? Do I need an Amazon Prime membership for this? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's like that's like saying that R2D2 and C3PO are in a Our relationship, right. or you wish that they would be, or that you know you think it would be a good idea if they were, or you're okay with the fact that they are. Well, 3PO is fully functional if you believe that tops card. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wow, so just go. like Dana from Star Trek. Oh, yeah, they were docking in one of the episodes. Uh, tw- <laughs> number <laughs> like, twenty-one, like Dave, number, number twenty-one. You can tell the difference between the special editions and the DVD release. Come on, uh, yeah. yeah, come uh, on. Number twenty, number twenty-two. Speak fluent Yoda, you do. <laughs> mm. 
Well, I think I I, I think we all kind of got to give us that because we've all we've all played that game. So yeah, <laughs> we've all been not would know what you're talking about, Greg. <laughs> Number twenty three, last and not least. No matter what your birthday is, your friends and family know your most important day of the year is May the fourth. There you go. No, I'm going to disagree. Mm. I think my most important day is May 25th. I don't fall for this May the 4th crap. Uh, my favorite, my most important day is Dave's birthday. It's kind uh, of weird. It's weird. Uh, who was the one who posted, put the May the 4th shit up on, uh, on the Wretched High Facebook page? Who was the one who did that? Probably me. No, I'm pretty sure it was Scott. Oh. Was it me? Pretty sure it was. Yeah, I begrudgingly put something up and said, "I will participate in this." I have a I have a strong feeling against May the Fourth. I think it's a totally manufactured BS thing that I'm not happy with it. Like Christmas. Like Christmas. <laughs> Are you one of those anti Valentine's people too? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Well, hold on. Wait. 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 Hold Mother's on. Day. Like, I, I, I'm gonna on. take issue with this. Something. But that's my, fine. That's okay. Go ahead. A- April Fourth was is not a Hallmark holiday. It's not a manufactured thing. The fans came up with this. May the April Fourth. May the Fourth. Sorry. Did I say April Fourth? Sorry. May the Fourth. I. The, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No. I. I mean. It, it's, <laughs> there. That's it. I mean, there's it. it May the fourth is a fan creation. Fans like us came up with this, with this silly holiday to sort of you know celebrate Star Wars. And actually, I think the genesis was. I looked this up uh, earlier this week. According to uh, the news source that is never wrong, Wikipedia, the reference was first used on May the fourth, nineteen seventy nine. The day Margaret Thatcher took office as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, an online news article. That's interesting. An online news article in 1979. Hmm, Okay. Uh, From the Danish public broadcaster says her political party, the Conservative, placed a congratulatory advertisement in the London Evening News saying, May the 4th be with you, Maggie. Congratulations. And then fans ran with it. It's not like some writer at Hallmark came up with it to sell cards. What do you got against May the 4th? Uh, the British came up with it. I got a lot of problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got um, in England, Scott. You better be nice to them. I know. <laughs> and, 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 Star, and Star Wars was partially birthed from, uh, from England, so you got to give them some props. Oh, I love Pinewood. Pinewood's a great place. Look, I, I just... There's a lot of backstory to that. That's great. Um, there was a bunch of things where it was trying to be fabricated. There were other holidays that they were trying to use Star Wars references in. And it's fun, but it becomes a huge thing. And it's like, eh, I don't know. I just, I'll, I, hey, I'll participate. I'm a Star Wars fan. But it just starts to get on my nerves after a while. You're a ladies and gentlemen, what you are. Ladies and gentlemen, the enemy of fun. Scott Avansky. Scott, Scott, do you celebrate March 14th? March 14th? Well, you can be one with the fourth. (laughs) So, final score. March March 14th is Pi Day. (laughs) (laughs) 3.14. So, final scores, everybody? Yeah. Final scores? I uh, I had 17 out of 23. Ooh. Well played. And uh, I did not. I thought Dave was keeping score for all of us. Oh, 
I didn't count actually. <laughs> Dave, Dave, it looks like I'm seeing. I'm looking on his little scratch pad. I had less than Greg did. He's got twelve. the The consensus for nose for everybody was mm-hmm. three. So we, yeah. we are as a group, we are twenty out of twenty three. Yes, that's pretty what I thought pretty. we were tracking. That's okay. pretty strong. Yeah, pretty strong. Well, so that's what about? That's a pretty good average. That's, that's about seven hundred. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. 80, 80, 85, 80 plus, 80 plus percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's got an 85. I can dance to it. Pretty strong. All right. Well, as Star Wars fan, we're a solid B. <laughs> hey, we're number two. All right. This guy's number one. It's the very lonely Luke tweet of the week. Red five standing by. Because if there's something to whine about, you can count on Luke. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Even though he's now an old man. No! It just isn't fair. Greg, what do you got lined up for us this week? Is it not fair? Is it not fair? That is the question. This week, uh, you know, there there was a trend that started after the after the trailer was released where was just a lot of conversations between very lonely Luke and Ray. So I don't know how lonely he is anymore now that he's got uh, now that he's got Ray on the island because he's having a lot of conversations. So um, from May the second, what I have here it says from very lonely Luke himself. He says, "I am very persuasive. I convinced my dad to switch sides." Ray's response to that is how? VLL says back, I got shocked until he felt sorry for me. (laughs) (laughs) The conversation with him and and Ray has been really fun. (laughs) It's pretty good. You know, um, there was something else I added into the, into the, uh, into the notes and I do want to bring it up real quick. Let's, let's, cause it kind of leads into a a larger conversation. I know we're trying to wrap up the show, but, uh, It's a dark, dark day in in Star Wars fandom over yes. the past couple weeks. A dark, yes. a, a dark week here in Star Wars fandom because turns out the Force Awakens and its grand opening is really just a big loser now, a big zero globally, globally a big nothing because the new box office champ, as far as opening weekends goes is a little independent film I don't know that you've heard of called The Fate of the Furious. Let's get rid of that. Yes, Vin Diesel, The Fate of the Furious, surpassed The Force Awakens and is now the highest grossing movie in its opening weekend well, you, in movie you history. just cannot underestimate the box office draw of Paul Walker. That's what that proves. He's not in this one. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. What did it, what, so what did it make opening weekend? Uh, five... Well, so Force Awakens was sitting at 529 worldwide. It's opening weekend in 2015. And now the... Fate of the Furious, which is the eighth film in the franchise, pulled in $532 million, $3 million more than The Force Awakens. I got it listed at 541 worldwide. Was that just for the... Uh, well, that, uh, there may be some different metrics or something like that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. This, this, and, uh, this, this article, quite frankly, it might be a couple of weeks old, might be a little bit older right now. Well, so. and I, I also remember that The Force Awakens, when it opened globally, didn't open in China for like a month or something. So 
if you took the Chinese opening and added it into its global opening day, that might account for differences mm. in numbers. Okay. But that's just rampant, uninformed, late-night speculation on my part. Yeah. However, so, has anybody gone to see The Fate of the Furious yet? Is anybody gone out to see that? No. Nope. nope. That's a Netflix movie to me. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Star. I will say, you know, on on that note, uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens still holds the record domestically. Yes. For the opening weekend, but you you are correct. Foreign and worldwide, Greg, it it dominates. So when you talk, surprisingly, this is the part that I really wanted to talk about. Is surprisingly when you talk about. All the franchises of movies that are out there, you talk about your Star Wars, you talk about your Marvel Cinematic Universe, you talk about your, D, your, your DC, DC Cinematic Universe, you talk about your James Bond. Your Star Trek. Star Trek. The, one of the, maybe even the most dominant franchise right out there right now is the fucking Fast and the Furious. Well, yes. And that, is, and that is because a car chase doesn't need a subtitle. <laughs> All right, I need to admit this. I have not seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. Okay. Wow. All right. The first one, actually, I think is a solid movie. Yeah. I'm not saying it's Shakespeare. I'm not saying it's winning an Academy Award. It is a solid action movie. I'm going to take the opposite take because the first one is Point Break in Cars. It is the exact same movie as the movie Point Break. And it's well done. And what's the problem with that? And 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 it's okay. But the the for me for me now the farther the series has gone along and the more ridiculous it's gotten the more kind of must watch these movies are so horrible they're actually extremely watchable and extremely entertaining <laughs> <laughs> so bad it's good huh yes they completely turn the corner it, it, it is wow. yes it is over the top excess Rube Goldberg crazy I yeah. I watched. I watched the seventh one because I was curious. Yeah. What are they going to do with Paul Walker? Yeah. How are yeah. they going to How are they going to solve that problem? Yeah. And I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I yeah. didn't regret taking two hours out of my day to watch it. But I've I've not seen a movie pick up steam so much with each passing movie. Usually, movies kind of die out, you know, and and the 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 fever kind of wanes for it. This one grows every single time. It's yeah. amazing. No, it's wow. fair. The fever has not broken on the crazy of this thing yet. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure this one had the rock like. Deflecting missiles with his fist and some bullshit like yeah, that. Yeah, they they it's it's literally one of those movies where like yeah, like the they're shooting they're firing a, a missile you know at the guy and he'll like punch it you know and he'll be okay. <laughs> awesome. All right, I will commit to watching one of the fast. Which one should I watch? Should I watch seven it, or one? It, it doesn't matter. I, I, honestly, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I would start with one though, just because that right. that does introduce the characters. It gives you the foundation. <laughs> And then you can you, you can enjoy the the crescendo of excess and ridiculousness that Greg just laid out. And and here's how we'll tie this all back in. Here's- it has it, Fast and Furious has a cut has an end credit scene. It was one of the the early movies to throw in an, an end of credit scene. Yeah, yeah, I think because that was number three. I think that was number three had an end of credits. With, yeah, like, with, that was the return of Vin Diesel because he had left the franchise after uh, the first one and they, was they, gone for two and three and is in the end credit scene it, after. Three. Was that Fast no, and in the end credit scene after first of the first one, Fast and the Furious? They show him like driving through oh, uh, Mexico. Okay, yeah. well that's right. That's right. Was, was that Fast and the Furious three, Talladega Nights? What? Tokyo was Tokyo Drift. So Tokyo Drift. So Tokyo Drift. The main character in Tokyo Drift 
I shit you not. Yes, his I know. Name, no. yep. His name, first name is Han, middle name Seoul, like the city Seoul in Korea, last name O. Oh, what? Eight. Han Seoul O. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I shit you not. <laughs> what the hell? They Tokyo, stole my character. God Tokyo, damn it. Tokyo Drift, the third movie, yeah. happens like right before episode, the, the sixth movie. Yeah, the, the timeline is completely all jacked up. Yeah. It's so jacked up that they, they, it, it, all the movies are out of order. None of them take, except for like the last, like I think three or four of yeah. them. They're all finally. Yeah, six, one. seven, and eight are actual sequential. But the rest of the movies don't take place in any type of chronological order at all. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, and Greg, to wow. add to your uh, your awesome rant here, um, Fast and the Furious, as a franchise, sits in tenth place as the highest franchise ever. Right now, at one point five billion dollars. That's uh, well, and considering there's two more movies coming out, I think that's only going to get stronger. Yeah, it'll it'll at least jump to. Sixth or seventh, but sitting at number one right now is take a wild guess. Marvel, yeah, just because there's so many movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Star Wars is at number two, and um, it is now called the J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World. Instead. Oh, Harry Potter, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't think of Harry Potter. Where's Doug Bond on there? Yeah, considering there's 25 Bond movies, but they don't do like not all of them do, and and they come out so far apart now too. So yeah, yeah, uh, Bond is sitting at number six with mm. 2.1 billion dollars. God, no, I Marvel's almost, at 4.4 billion, and Star Wars is at 3.3. I almost hope that it gets passed by the Fast and Furious movies, just so Bond can be at number seven. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where it should be. Yeah, yeah, it should be there. They should just honorarily put it there, no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) Going out and watch the past years, right? Who's with me? Who's with me? What was that, Craig? Say it again. Going out and watching the Fast and the Furious, right now. Oh, let's do it. I'm in. I'm. I will watch the first one for sure. Between now and next hour, I'll, I'll give you my review. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I almost had you, man. I almost had you. You never had me. You never had your car. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys have it on in the background? Wow. Great. Nobody comes here for the tuna sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> well... If you enjoy a good tuna sandwich, leave us a voicemail and tell us your recipe. It's 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. You can email us, wretchedhive at yahoo.com. Find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash wretchedhivepodcast. You can find our new home on the web. That's www.thewretchedhive.net. You can also tweet at us at RetchHivePod, but maybe the best way to find us and check out the show and connect with us is through iTunes. Go to iTunes on your mobile phone or your computer, bring up the podcast section, search for the Wretched Hive Podcast. We are the first ones on the list. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. You know, those those uh, iTunes reviews really help us out. Uh, leave a review. 
Five stars preferably, but one star if you're so inclined. Any number of stars. We don't care. We just want to hear from you, our fans of the Wretched Hive podcast. And uh, episode 36 is in the books. A big one next week. Next two weeks from today. Episode 37. 37? 37. So guys, final thoughts on this week's show. Fast and the Furious, guys. I can't. I. I just. I can't get over it. It's it that it did that well. Is it going to keep it up? Is it going to continue that well, though? It's not going to. It's going to keep it up about as well as Greg has been all night long with Dave sitting next to him. (laughs) Wow. Guardians completely obliterated it at the box office. Yeah. Guys, have a good couple of weeks. May the force be with us all. (laughs) I feel strangely cut off. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.